اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ان دا نیم اف اللہ دا گریشیس دا مرسیفو ویلکم ٹو دا ڈرائیو ٹائم شو ہے ایٹ وائس آف اسلام یو جوئن بائی مسلف رحیل آمد این فہیم ناصر فار دا فرسٹ آور یوجلی یو نو وی ہیو ٹو آورز دیٹ وی وی ہیو ٹو ٹاپکس دیٹ وی ڈسکس این وی گن کیپ ٹو دیٹ سو ان دی فرسٹ آور وی ڈسکسنگ یوتھ اینڈ فیتھ نیویگیٹنگ چیلنجز اینڈ امبریسنگ اپرچونیٹیز Um, this is a special hour because we have two special guests with us. Um, we have Mudabir Khalid as well as uh, my brother Shams Najm. Shams Najm Sahib as well, yes. Um, I've only known Rahil for about eight years. <laughs> <laughs> It happens on radio, bro. Okay, so, um, but, but before that, I'm, I, I also must uh, introduce a second topic, which is physical wellness, uh, the Prophet's path. Uh, in which, of course, we will, we will also be speaking to various guests uh, about this specific topic and also uh, t- t- telling you what the Islamic perspective is. Um, and also, my co-host, which I haven't uh, introduced, Fahim Nasir. How are you doing, brother? You okay? I'm good, man. I'm just surviving this weather. Yeah, we It just are. seems to be changing. <clears throat> all night it was raining. All mm. night. <laughs> so, how's everyone doing? Doing all right. Yeah. Not too bad. Looking forward to the conversation. I'll be honest, I thought the weather was going to be a bit worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I did as well. <laughs> but I think it's in other parts of the country, isn't it? That it's meant to get the game. I think it's because I stepped in a puddle today. <laughs> 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 just, uh, just I just feel that wet sock feeling. Oh, that's not worse. Yeah, I was on my way back from Aldershot to London last night. And my mum was so concerned. Like, I was in Islamabad around like nine and a half, nine-ish. And she was like, come on, quickly, there's a storm coming. And I was trying to reassure her, like, mm. the storm's not that bad. Yeah. Like, my car's not going to get lifted out of the ground. But she was like, yeah. Really whereas, whereas the point is, there are greater struggles that we want to speak yeah. about. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, coming to, to, to the topic, um, we're trying to explore, uh, I mean, the topic, let me repeat for you, is youth and faith and navigating challenges and embracing opportunities. Uh, what we want to do is, is, is actually explore the influence of social media, um, identity crisis, Islamophobia, loneliness, and accessibility to you know accessibility of drugs and alcohol uh all within the context of islamic teachings and 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 also from your experience you growing up as a young individual and now where you are in your life um so i mean we know that the challenges that are faced uh, by young muslims right uh, they encompass various aspects from peer pressure to you know compromising their faith cultural conflicts uh, you know and These are the things that require them to navigate their values within the you know, societal norms, exposure to diverse worldviews through di- digital media, moments of identity crisis that may lead to Islamic teachings, uh, you know, uh, and, you know uh, that, that, that may lead to them questioning their faith. And that's the main thing that we want to focus on as well. Uh, but these challenges, as we know, are also, uh, you know, for us, in a way, opportunities for growth. Uh, and this is something that I, I also want to uh, press, press upon from your 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 experience today um so shams just getting into this topic um one of the things that you know we want to you know speak about and and fun- fundamentally going going into this uh you know topic it's about you know peer pressure and, and sort of societal norms how do you know young individuals sh- young muslims living in today's society how how should they navigate what are some of the challenges that you you know may have had when you were growing up Yeah, I think it's. Um, I think we're living in an interesting period where mm-hmm. you know social media is so powerful. I went to school in nineties, uh, early two thousands, and it wasn't the same. It there 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 was the pressure in school yeah. around, but 
it was an immediate type of pressure. <coughs> it was a pressure where you were around people and for that period there were certain elements of pressure but you'd go home and that pressure would switch off because mm. you didn't have an ability to communicate or keep up with those pressures uh, outside of that um, mm -hmm. situation. I think... And then came along MSN Messenger. Exactly. <laughs> and High Five yeah. and all, all of, of these that, yeah. you know, some of the older, uh, without disrespecting me, but some of the older people listening will, will have a complete understanding of. But I think that was a different, uh, in, in answer to your question, that was a different period. Whilst there were still pressures there, um, the balance of, uh, I, I suppose, that battle was a lot stronger on both sides because you would go home and you would have positive influences mm. for a large part of your day. Um, whereas now, I think those influences are constant and consistent. They're from the moment you wake up, um, mm -hmm. and you know it's a bad habit of mine as well, alongside <coughs> checking my emails or you know like most people do you'll flick through some form of social media or you'll you'll pick up on some news so you're constantly bombarded with sort of information and yeah. i think that is a real challenge for 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 youngsters now because social media is very powerful in portraying and especially now with ai yeah. um yeah. it's it, it's really targeting people um I think as we go into it, this is what I think has really created this identity crisis within, mm -hmm. at least from what I can speak, within uh, a Muslim culture, Muslim society, mm -hmm. Islamic society, amongst the people that I grew up <coughs> with. I can see that and the challenges we faced. Um, and, and I think that, that identity crisis is there a lot more now yeah. than you saw maybe even 10, 15 years ago. Not I, yeah, so please, please. I was yeah. going to say that I think it's exacerbated by um, social media because I feel like you have to have an identity in the sense that like <coughs> social media has caused you to like you need to say you need to come down on an issue like you don't have that time to figure it out if I was like 12 mm. and I had social media like I think the legal uh, age limit is, is 12 or 13 to, to have a social media profile if I was talking about the stuff that I was seeing online yeah. at that age I, I was still figuring myself out and I think that that's where this identity crisis is coming from is that we're b being bombarded by so much different information like you said and it's like I'm just like kids at such a young age are being bombarded with this information they don't even know who they are yet and mm. i feel like when you think about identity and whenever i think about it, i think who am i right like mm. why am i first am i muslim first am i am i british am i like like what like what what is it uh, am i a marketer am i like how do i identify there's so many facets to your identity mm -hmm. and i think that social media is just providing so many different perspectives um, that it's very difficult to navigate and figure out who you are. This is it, isn't it? It's a, it, whilst it has its positives because it's allowed certain, and we can see with the current climate situation that we're going through that it's allowed news to travel, right? Mm. Um, but at the same time, it ha it, it, there, there's so much of a bombardment of information, information overload that mm. actually young people may not have the time to even develop their own opinions where they're forced you know things are forced upon them yeah. mm. so much so that like you said like do they you know or like you alluded to do they even have a moment to sort of step back and be like this is this is what i actually think and yeah. mm -hmm. i want to try and derive my own understanding of this situation but where it's just constant you know you're it, it there is an element of control definitely you can see with social media which yeah. doesn't seem too positive i think we've wrapped it up there <laughs> <laughs> but um no i think social media is definitely a massive factor 
massive, massive factor. I think it uh, coincides with a number of the other factors that I think you listed at the beginning, where like you have drugs, you have peer pressure, you yeah. have so many things. And but um, <coughs> I don't think it all comes down to social media. I think social media is a he- probably off the influences, maybe the heaviest, yeah. only because it's so easily accessible. It's in your face, and like <coughs> both of these guys have mentioned, that it, you don't have time to process it, yeah. and then it challenges what you internally believe or what you've been brought up being taught by your parents yeah personally i would say that the um i mean for me the overarching issue is the identity crisis and that is basically not knowing who you are or struggling um with understanding what your identities are because we can have different identities right i can be uh i can be a subordinate of a manager at work i can be the leader of a a, a, of a of a home yeah basically so you have to have different personalities and different identities but fundamentally you should have characteristics or traits or an understanding of who you are and then all of these different issues such as peer pressure such as drugs such as um social media such as any like sort of outside influence that attacks your personality are are the issues that create a, a, a sort of confusion especially in the younger generation for me personally i would say that <clears throat> i don't know if we're going to go on to tackling it but mm-hmm. i would say that if something is not embedded in you from the get-go if something is not instilled in you so strongly where you can go out into the world as a child maybe 9 10 11 and we c- I, I won't mention the groups or the, the, the some people there are people out there there's yeah. groups of um you know not just the religious followings but people out there with certain ideologies whose children are so strong in their conviction of their identity um they will s- start chanting and shouting stuff like yeah that person's wrong this person's wrong yeah. their beliefs are wrong whereas we are confused i say we but i mean our generation nowadays are confused and i I think it stems from parents not i don't it can't be just the parents but i think ultimately the children need to have an identity instilled in them so strong that when they go out they can say whatever you're saying is what you are saying interesting but the point point in this is 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 a very important thought that you you know we brought up is one thing is instilling that thought, right? Yeah. And, and, and they have very strong views of, of who they are as a person. <laughs> but let's flip it. Let, let's see it from the negative perspective of racism and yeah. Islamophobia and all these things. Yeah. If that thought is also strongly embedded in these youngsters at that age, how can you flip that? So there has to be some element of self-reflection and thought as well that these, yeah. ch- these children have. And I'm not just speaking about that. I was, I was looking at this... Um, Especially what's going on around the world is one of one of the documentaries or someone was interviewing a seven or eight or nine year olds in uh, one of the refugee camps of Iraq or somewhere where the father has died, the whole family has been ruined. Mm-hmm. That kid only knows one thing. Yeah, he has a specific understanding of jihad yeah. and Islam, yeah. and at that age, right? Yeah, and and he doesn't see it any other way. You so are. the point is, in, from my perspective, yes, we have to have you know strong strong values and all of these things, but there's some things, there's some some element needs to be left there for that child to also ponder and think. Yeah, definitely. Because if that's not there, then we're, we're actually taking away yeah. the God-given right, you know, that Allah the Almighty has given to that child. Free for, thinking. You know, free thinking yeah, as well. Because yeah. that goes hand in hand as well. Yeah. well one of the verses, uh, you know, of the Holy Quran that, that, that comes to, to mind speaking about this, this issue is Allah says, Oh, ye who believe, if there comes to you a disobedient one with information, investigate, lest you harm a people out of ignorance. And become and and become over what you have done regretful, right? So 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 
not specifically speaking about that age, but generally speaking, what we see on social media. Very now there right. there's so much good and bad like happening. Like it's it's crazy yeah. when you see, for example, on Twitter, how quick the information is getting to us from the source itself, right? Um, and 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 also from the mainstream media, some of the things that are stated and then they're taken back. Yeah. So it, you know it makes people think. So we're living in a in, in you know a very very confused times and very challenging times. You know, where where someone like us who are in our thirties or you know, or in your forties. I'm still in my. <laughs> 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 it's forgot my name and my age. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're probably in your you know, uh, mid thirties, or you know. But, but but the point I'm trying to say, we're struggling with it. Imagine a ten-year-old or a twelve-year-old. Yeah. How do they navigate? Yeah. That, that's the hard, yeah. hard-hitting question. I mean, for a ten or a twelve-year-old, I mean, firstly, you are completely right. Where I mentioned initially that they they need to have an identity instilled in them so strong. I mean, I don't mean it in terms of indoctrinate them like yeah. this is the only way. You need mm. to have a level of free free thinking. You need to have a level of um, what's the word? Con- Contemplating or, or yeah, yeah, basically being able to criticize things as well. Yeah. I mean, even thinking. in Islam, we say that you l- we say don't inherit your religion, learn your religion, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think it has the Mahmoudi or something. I've seen yeah. it said something like this. Um, so yeah, you need, need to have a level of uh, free thinking. And then, what was your last point? Sorry, your question that you, you said. It was, it was just a thought. Yeah, so, uh, I was saying no. What was the last? <laughs> you said something yeah. that I was going to say. I think let's get to the matter, right? Like, how do you define your identity? Uh-huh. Right? Like, how do you feel? Because that's the biggest challenge, right? Yeah. You don't know how to identify. With there's multiple different things out there these days that are like helping, well, making you question your identity. How, like, because we want to give some practical advice, right? We're all about that here on Voice of Islam. And, you know, if what is it that we can do? Like, yeah. if I'm, let's say I am a teenager, I'm struggling, like, you know, I see all of this stuff, negative stuff about Islam. I see this negative uh, stuff going on in the world I see that you know my teacher doesn't like me none of my friends you know they, they, they bully me or whatever like how do I because for me I think that identity or when you are solid in your identity it doesn't matter what situation you're in you stay true to you who you are and you don't change based on your environment mm-hmm. I think that's my definition of yeah. what having an identity is because you can <clears throat> be in a war zone you can be in um, a pub you can be in uh, wherever right and you will stay true to your values or in, mm. in a party environment <coughs> or wh- whatever that is where people are maybe trying to influence you to do things I think having a solid identity is being in those positions and not changing who you are I so how do you get that? I think one one of the more important aspects of this to understand mm. is uh, His Holiness, the cli- fifth caliph of uh, Islam Ahmadiyya has mentioned before, in terms of guidance for parents at least is to befriend your child, right? Mm. And be good friends, be on a level, because look th- the worst thing that can happen is a child comes home, he's in this environment at home where he's like, you can't do this, you must do that and he's mm. indoctrinated, not indoctrinated, but he's very, very living strict, yeah. under very strict um, circumstances, right? And he, the ability to free think, as uh, Rahul alluded to, is is now being taken away at home, because it's no, there's there's rules for everything, and you must follow it like this. That is negative. He then goes out into school, and actually, lo and behold, he's 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 not accepted there either, because 
if he wants to follow the strict guidance from home, mm -hmm. then it's likely that the free mixing and the going out in school, uh, you know, with the, with school friends and doing some of those social activities is also prohibited mm -hmm. for him already. And yeah. now he's not getting along with anyone, he or she is not getting along with anyone in school. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, that's the worst situation. Yeah. Because in that situation, you're mm -hmm. secluding <coughs> a child or a, or a mind. Um, and actually the the sort of snowball effect on that is that he's secluding himself yeah. because he's unable to make... Uh, no one friends. gets me. Exactly. No one gets no me one on the outside me, and no one gets yeah. me on the inside. So I think what's key is that these guys were just mentioning that it's very important to have strong values. Yeah. Mm. But to really understand those values, Islam is such a beautiful religion that its guidance is for all times, all mm. situations. So there's a way to implement Islam in the West. And there's yeah. a way to implement it in different <coughs> countries according to different laws and different societies. There's a way, there's, there's a, a wise way to implement it where you are still part of that society, but you don't need to be part of the ills of that society, yeah. but you can completely be part of that society. Yeah. And I think one of the ways you do that is, as I mentioned, the guidance that we've been given is become friends. Because as a friend yeah. and not this, you know, this master type uh, person in, yeah, on, on dictator top of your, yeah, or something, yeah. become a friend where you allow free thoughts to be said yeah. and then you can rebut guide them it. if you need to yeah. and mm -hmm. if they're incorrect you can guide them but mm -hmm. if you're just a dictator yeah. then you're going to either find someone who's going to completely listen to you but not understand or you're going to yeah. find someone who's going to go completely the opposite yeah. way and, and that's exactly what happens I think so many uh, you know uh, important points that you've raised and, and one of the things Allah mentions in chapter 2 verse 144 is that you know he says that we made you a people of the middle way and this is what you were, you know, basically alluding to, uh, you know, that balance in life, you know, where you need to have, you know, strong values, but also give, you know, allow, you know, freedom of thought and things to be said where you can then guide your, you know, guide your child towards, you know, a certain, uh, a certain element. And the beauty of it all is we see it within this community that we're part of, right? We, we see it when we sit among, you know, our bro brothers and we, you know, we see it, all of these Khudam al-Ahmadiyya, you know, our, our young auxiliaries. All of these events that take place, these 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 discussions do take place. Um, but moving forward, um, one of the things that you mentioned about um, you know his ho his holiness, how how he's been guiding us as youngsters. I think I want you to delve a bit more on that. How has that played a role? Uh, we all have you know we all have parents, we all have a father and a mother, but we have you know something more greater than that that we have experienced in our life. So just briefly, if we can delve on that a bit, you know a bit a bit more. Where in my in my experience, where things where I didn't have guidance or didn't see a way through in certain ele elements in my life, the guidance actually came from the Khalifa, directly or indirectly. Mm -hmm. when, when he's speaking to you know, various audiences from different countries, certain, certain internal questions that you don't want to ask, but they are answered already because yeah. someone else has asked it. Mm -hmm. So just, just, just want to delve on that a little bit more. I think that one is, um, that's a bit of a deeper one because mm -hmm. that has to first come from an understanding of... Uh, we have a rightly guided individual who's divinely guided yep. and this person wherever he speaks whatever his holiness may Allah be his helper speaks is not to be taken for granted so if we as individuals have belief yep. so like firm belief in this in this man as a divine individual um then we will take that you know we, we should take that seriously and, mm. and implement it seriously but even yep. before that though i think um, you know where we've mentioned about guidance and stuff and we mentioned parents our parents are ideally actually even naturally 
our immediate and first role models. Yeah. And those role models are the ones that actually will start instilling the sort of people we want to be and start instilling the identity that we create, as you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing I was going to say is that for children especially, the identity is always changing. Yeah. And I would say yeah. that actually, if we want the if we want to say to someone, this is the type of identity, no, we can't say that actually, but if you were going to say, um, how do we instill an ide- identity? For me personally, I would say, is, okay, first you've got to figure out what type of person you want to be. Do you want to be a good person? Do you want to be a kind person? Do you want to be a happy person? And then from that, you can figure out, okay, what do I need to do to be this person? If you, if you are brought up and your parents are role models and they say you're a Muslim, and you start saying to yourself, I'm a Muslim and I want to be a Muslim. You have to start figuring out, okay, what do I need to do to be a Muslim? How do I become a Muslim? And that's how I would say you start instilling identity. Because as I mentioned earlier, your identities are always changing. Yeah. You are a different person at work as a subordinate of, you know, in, in a team. Well You're a different person in the community. <clears throat> yeah. You're a different person at home. But you also always have characteristics or traits that will be like the yeah. same wherever you are. Yeah. Um, but ideally... Initially, it will be role models that will start instilling these things with you. And as you mentioned, we have a Khalifa, yep. we have a rightly guided individ- individual who, um, alongside Hazrat Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, peace be upon him, uh, can be our role model. Mm. But for the rightly guided Khalifa to be our role model, we need to have firm faith and belief that this man is a man of God. Yep. He's the closest man to God at this t- moment in time. How is this man behaving? What is, what are his characteristics? How does he speak? What does he speak? Yeah, yeah. And that is another. That's yeah, a whole. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a point yeah. of experience. It's something yeah. that you you have to experience in order to reach that conviction yeah, yeah, yeah. that you're speaking right. of. Yeah. A very very valid point. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I was just going to say. I think it's so evident in the world that we live in now that there is a huge need um, for someone to guide. Mm-hmm. Whilst we live in you know such an advanced at this stage of 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 like human involvement ev- where mm. intelligence is very high you know mm. technology is very high financially uh, but yet why are we still struggling so much mm. I- if we were so self sufficient uh, and didn't need um you know anyone to come and guide us then why do we yeah. see more with with the advancement of mankind yeah. why do we see more problems arising uh, and and so i think that in itself proves that actually we need someone to guide us and so your question is you know how can you sort of share some sort of experience i mean it's evident in everything that our khalifa says we you know we're so blessed to be able to listen to him every friday he'll give guidance um you know in every sort of event and all of those points that he mentions us are so pertinent um even for you know times of sort of catastrophe and wars and whatever that we're seeing now the guidance that we see is always look people have always uh, over time said there's no need for a god because you know we're moral beings um and people you know they 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 make this argument that actually you don't need to tell me Mm. that i don't need to kill but yet why are you killing then Mm. why are we seeing so much killing then you don't need to tell me that I shouldn't do this wrong and I shouldn't, but then why is everyone doing it? Mm. So clearly, you know, we do need someone to guide us and, and, and continuously help us make those right decisions. I think yeah. for us, we're very blessed and very fortunate that we have the Khalifa there who continuously does that. And as Mo said, it's down to us to heed, to, yeah. to, to, to take heed. So I, I'm, what I want to understand is that, yes, you believe that, I believe that all of us, we share that belief, right? But how can we explain to someone who doesn't share that? Because I'll be honest, when um, 
when I was younger, um, I I didn't understand. I didn't understand yeah. why the importance of um, the caliph. Uh, I I didn't like you know when uh, the previous caliph uh, passed away. I remember seeing my parents crying and be like, mm. I don't get it. Like I, I I just didn't understand it. And I feel like yeah. how can we? Because uh, it's it's all well and good we say you know, the caliph sends us a message every every Friday, um, at every event he you know re enlightens our faith. Like there's not been a moment where I've I've been to pray behind him where I, I feel better just by being mm. there, but that comes by me having the identity as an MD, me having that identity as a Muslim, yeah. right? How do you get there? And I'm not saying like how do parents do it because you know that's that's a completely separate conversation. I'm saying that as a We've all been young in this country, right? How did we navigate that, like that battle, that constant battle of like, you know, am I Muslim? Am I like, you know, how how do I deal with that situation? Paul Sosai addresses this. I think I think the point is 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 that everything begins with trust. Mm. Everything begins with trust. If you and he, and he gives an example that if you don't trust your teacher, you know, in 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 your elementary level of schooling where he says two plus two is four, you just question. No, 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 it is five or six. Yeah. You're never going to move forward and become a great mathematician. Everything in his life, whether you do business or any any relationship, you marrying your wife, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> After everything is yeah, based wait. on trust. So it's a leap so, of faith. So, 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 yeah. so I think the first element is is trust. When you yeah. were when we were young, we didn't have that con- con- conviction to say, yes, he's he's a man of God, and even tr- some elder people don't ha- have it till now. But the yeah. point is this: this every one of us is journey, right? It's every one of us is journey, and it's based. Well, why I said is first is trust. Gaining knowledge, what it is, and then going, experiencing it. So when Khalifa says this, do this, do this, do that, yeah. and you do it, what do you feel? How does it impact your life? Mm. This is the evaluation that you need to do mm. in, in your time, and this is what I've done in my life at mm. times, right? And when you don't do it, how does it impact you? So these are some, <coughs> these are some of the questions that you know we we, we must ask ourselves. But I think Shams, you no, I think I think you this. make a good point actually. If you if you actually think about growing up, imagine like a fifteen, sixteen year old. You know, <coughs> maybe you're not even Muslim, yeah. um, and you don't really have a belief in God. Yeah. Um, how do you? You're basically saying, how do you get someone like that to start to believe and understand? It's a very difficult yeah. question. It yeah. is a very or, difficult thing. Or, or to a way to, or a framework to have them have an identity because you know, one, they're confused, and then you know, I, I know I was lucky. I, I had two parents who showed me that you know, being a Muslim and. The, the, these type of values that they like they also lived them they didn't just tell me that that's one thing i always appreciate about my parents they didn't just say oh you should pray they just prayed and i followed through that way yeah. and i think that that's key but what, what what i'm trying to understand i think that you know there's, there's four of us who've, who've grown up in this country and i'm sure people can uh, benefit from from our experiences that how how did we get there? How did we get to this identity where you know we mm. see Hazul and we get goosebumps, or you know, one one thing um, the previous Khalif once said in his question on sessions, and it, and it and it always stands out for me is that you your own fiber knows when something is right and when something is wrong. Mm. You know it yourself. There's before, innate, before, yeah. yeah, there's something innate that tells you this is correct. You can go and do a bad deed. You know it's bad. You don't need anyone else. Inside of you, you feel that it's wrong. And when you go and do something good, you feel that it's right. So I think, like, you know, as a, as a piece of guidance that I can give to someone who I hope is listening, is go and inquire about what these things are that people are talking about, that, you know, this is the religion of Islam and this is God and this is how God's meant to help you. I think 
if you're an inquisitive mind, you're probably going to question your creation anyway. You're the reason for you being here. You're you're bound to question it, and I believe most people do at some stage in their life because you whether you're in the rat race of a nine to five or at some point you're going to be like what am i doing yeah. and why am i doing it yeah. right that comes to everyone um whether that comes after you've made multiple mistakes and uh done loads of things wrong and then at, you know at some point you recognize that things are wrong and you want to change your ways or whether it's just you've always been a good person but you just don't really find you know what what is the real p- and i think that question does come as i said i think it comes to everyone i think at that point you're bound yeah. Or, you know, you're obliged for yourself to inquire about God. And I think the question starts from there. The existence of God and, and what does God mean like for why us? why am I here? Yeah, like, exactly. You know, why was it? Yeah, no, and, I, I and, and, that. And, you know, the, the thing is, it's all, it's all interesting. How do you get to that level of thinking when you've got kids, 10, 12, exposed to things? And we have to be honest here. Every third or fourth post on social media is something to do with nudity, dancing, or anything like that. <coughs> yeah. How can the idea, you know, come to their mind? And this is where I think we have to say it. We have to say it bluntly. We have to say how it is. The Khalifa has said, and I think this is where he was asked a question by a, you know a young individual whether he can have a phone, and he was about I think ten or eleven years, and and he clearly said, if if it was up to me, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't allow you until you're until you're mature. What 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 is actually the need? Right, mm. and and the reality is there's not two ways about it, and <clears throat> there are people in in, you know, they 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 live among us. They have certain rules in place where there is no phone use be- before you know a particular age. We see it, in, you know, we like we've got young kids, and 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 we see how they're hooked to these things. So how can we talk to them about <clears throat> God and these type of ideas, right? When they are exp- they, they when they're exposed to such things online it's just it's just contradiction in their mind so you have you know the point of you you mentioned something right at the beginning that even if you're in a club or even if you're in a pub or wherever you are mm. you should be, be true to your identity islam says even further than that he says don't be in a pub yeah. don't put yourself in a situation where you where you where, where you, you yeah. where you have to question mm. like, because this is how allah allah Dumati has created us so always be uh, you know, or, or, or always keep yourself in a, you know, this is where the, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu may Allah please, please even explained that Islam does not say to not look at women with a bad thought. It says don't look at them at all. When you see them, lower your gaze. So so that even that opportunity is not raised, hmm. right? Where, where, where the Holy Prophet peace be upon him says when the, you know, when a male and a female are alone in a room, then the third is a Satan. So don't put yourself in that situation to test yourself anyway. So I mean, this is the point that I want to delve on, that our youngsters, our kids, we can't put them in, in a situation where, you know, where we then have to say, okay, now let's find a solution now. Right? We say prevention is better than cure. Yeah. So yeah. we ha- somehow have to prevent them from being you know, exposed to these type of things from a very you know, early, early age. The reason why I think that's, that's a really good point, because... Um, for me is is something Shum said as well is that um you don't question why you're here right usually because you're <coughs> numb right like and and this is where these addictions so yeah. i think any sort of addiction whether it's drugs whether it's alcohol whether it's food whether it's a uh, phone whatever any sort of addiction makes you numb and not like present right because mm-hmm. it you're so you're so busy trying to feed this addiction that nothing else can and can satiate you and i think that that's where islam is so key is that it prevents you f- like it 
gives you the guidance that helps you prevent yourself from getting addicted to something yeah. in this world that will distract you from the actual um, you know, purpose for you being here. And the reason why you want the purpose of being here is because that is the key to happiness, mm. right? Like you were saying, we're so advanced, right? If we're that advanced, why haven't we bottled happiness? Why haven't we like mm. created a pill that makes us happy? The reason why is it doesn't exist. It is that is you have to question, you have to find out why you're here. Once you understand why you're here and you start serving that purpose, there's, there's nothing but happiness. You, you'll come through trials, but there will be happiness. Mm. You know, for me, I feel like we've <coughs> spoken, everyone's made some amazing points and I feel like a lot of it is like heavy on spiritual, like, yeah, you need to yeah. find God, you need mm. to find God. Even though that is ultimately the goal, right? Our goal ultimately is to build a relationship with, um, with the Almighty. But I think at a fundamental level, I think at a very elementary level, what we have in place as, as a community, us as a community, yeah, and, and I, I, I speak about this a lot at work and people outside of the community, is just our, our community itself is having a community. A community at re- our community at a very fundamental level, at a very basic level, just keeps us occupied. It keeps us together. It puts us in activities that even mm. if it's outside of the religious aspect of it, it puts us in activities that are good, that are good for our well-being, not just our physical well-being, our mental well-being, our spiritual well-being. One simple example, tree planting. Yeah. yeah? yeah. We don't have to go on to the spiritual side of it. Mm. We just say we want to go and plant, tree, plant yeah. trees, right? That in itself is an amazing thing. Yeah. When you're taught the reasons for why you're planting trees, take out the religious side of it. Yeah. It's good for the earth. You know, you're yeah. planting a tree which will hopefully provide sustenance for how many hundreds of years yeah. is you're doing something good mm. aside from that when we feed um, the, the poorly and people that can't afford food all of these activities that we have at a very fundamental level affect our well-being yeah. at, in, a, at, in a mental way when we do something good it makes us feel good right we've mentioned it before when we do something good it makes us feel good and feel, makes us feel positive that keep that keeps us binded it keeps us bound. So I don't know if bonded is a word. <laughs> it keeps us bound yeah, yeah. to our community. It makes us feel good. And then having that, you see that, okay, this is the community that's making yeah. me feel good. Now, what is it? Why is this community t- telling me this is what you need to do, X, Y, Z? Well, the principles you, exactly, is based on. Yeah. Exactly. And you yeah. start learning more. Like we have our communities, our, our organizations, Atfar al I don't know what the translation of that is. Mm. Um, and then we have Qadam al the helpers, I think is uh, Qadim, yeah. right? And these organizations, when I was saying earlier, I I speak about this a lot to people outside of our community because I love it so much. For me, I would say that is what has built me. Qudam al-Ahmadiyya, Atfar al-Ahmadiyya. The Ahmadiyya Muslim Youth Association. Exactly. Our youth associations Mm. are the organizations that have kept me close to this community and hopefully inshallah god willing has made me a good person a decent person yeah. and has built my identity it's interesting you, know? you mentioned that remember we were speaking about um we went to, to together i just want to mention one thing mm-hmm. one of the things that that's that's related to this is is when we went to israel yeah together right yeah, that, yeah. That, that trip of vakfeno right um now vakfeno is another s- yeah. sort of organization uh or you would say Within within the community where parents dedicate their children for the service of Islam and and and, and the world at large, so you you would have doctors and you have teachers, you have missionaries, and they all uh, you know sort of dedicate their lives to do that. That's basically the summer summer you can go into it. So we had a trip where we we all went together for like what was it for two weeks or so, yeah, yeah? yeah. And it was one of the best trips that you know I I, I personally have been on, right? Meeting new people and, and, and finding each other because we, we meet each other on football, yeah. But we truly find out about the person when, when, we, when we go for a travel. There's a saying as well, right? Some, some, something along these lines. So, I think all of these activities, and you're, you're, you're absolutely spot on from our young days to now, 
all these football tournaments, everything. That has made us into who we are. Yeah. And it's, it's fundamental. I'm, I'm just going to say something against that slightly <laughs> and, and hear me out. And yeah. the reason I'm going to say that, right, is mm-hmm. because a lot of people, there are a lot of external organisations where charities take place. Okay. There's a lot of socialising happening, whether that's in homes, bars, clubs, whatever mm-hmm. it is. There's a lot of sports happening. And on a personal level, yeah. like you guys, I've been part of this community from you know birth as well and from a young age, always been involved. <clears throat> but actually, the question I would, I'd, I'd ask myself whilst listening to you is whilst the premise of what you say is completely correct, there needs to be a foundation of goodness for you to go into, for you to then understand. But actually, the turning point is when you bring God into the equation. Mm-hmm. Because all of these other things are still happening yeah. in every other society. Mm-hmm. And and we often say within our community as well, that look, you know, and I give you my personal example, I don't even need to mention anyone else. I would always be involved and would go for events and tree planting and helping out. Yeah. But that in in those days, I still felt like I had many challenges outside of, because mm-hmm. my attention towards God wasn't there it was more of a well i wouldn't even say it was more of a social just a social thing i i enjoyed it you know i i knew that there was something good that we're doing your, here. your parents made you <laughs> and that yeah but then that goes to a certain degree because you develop friends and then you like going but yeah. actually the turning point there is when you focus towards god and and, and hopefully for some people it comes a lot earlier mm-hmm. but whenever it comes it's at that point you really begin to recognize actually <clears throat> the last 10 years were amazing and they built me to this spot yep. but something was missing mm. and i think this is what we're missing in society as well there's plenty of good people mm. plenty of good organizations mm. plenty of goodness happening yeah. but people are still mentally struggling yeah no you're definitely right you're mm. correct and i won't disagree with you however the only thing i would add to that is that it starts off with the physical actions of doing something yeah. And then when you're taught that God has taught us this, yeah, when you're taught that God has taught us this, this is why we're doing these things, that's when you start learning more. Because you're right, you're perfectly right that you can do all of these actions and organisations outside of our community do all of these things. They have these charities I think that's the idea of trust that you're speaking about. Yeah, that, yeah, that you as a youngster trusted yeah. and, and went to these events and stuff. And yeah, then yeah. when there came a time, you realised that something was missing and that was God, right? yeah. the, the understanding of God. But I want to move slightly. I know there's so much that we can you know, speak you know, about and we can go on for hours. But um, one of the issues, and we're going slightly, slightly away from identity crisis. I'm not sure for our, for our listeners whether we have reached a conclusion, but we've just given you various you know, viewpoints to, to sort of ponder for yourself as well. Um, because you know we we've all been through it and 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 that we've all found our answers right but now the now coming to islamophobia and and the understanding that you know of islam that that we see in media and and also not having answers at, at a certain age about why you believe in something what you believe in what, and that sort of I'd, I'd identity crisis issue right now, one thing is we have to tackle, um, you know, the, the the portrayal of Islam in media or in school and colleges where, you know, you might be called a terrorist or whatever, right? Or your religion, you know, you know supposed this and that. One thing is you educating yourself, right? And and you not not being educated at a certain age, not being able to answer and you, you feeling this insecurity in, in yourself, right? I want you to address that. And the second thing is how do we address overall the idea of Islamophobia? So one thing is more of an internal thing. That you you have to educate yourself and 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 sort of come to a co- conviction yourself that I believe in this thing, is it even true? And the second thing is externally there are people pointing fingers at Islam and saying 
look, look what these people are doing. Or look, you know, what, what, what your religion says. Mm-hmm. That is a huge struggle because it's something, personally speaking, not just talking about from the Islamic perspective, let's say Ahmadiyyat. Mm-hmm. You know, you had other brothers from uh, who are non-Ahmadis pointing pointing at you and saying, you believe in this thing or you believe in this man and he's not true and saying a lot of these, you know, different allegations and stuff. So how do you, how, how do you, how do you address that? How do you reconcile yeah. your identity as a, as a Muslim or as an individual and your belief in any belief? Yes. I think it just comes down to knowledge. Your insecurity, I think, stems from not being sure or certain about something. And if you have a desire to understand who you really are, what you want to do, uh, who you want to be, then you just search it, man. We have got a plethora of information yeah. on the internet. We've got so much available. Yeah. It's, if you choose then to not to ignore that, yeah. then it's like self-sabotage. You're choosing to be ignorant. You're choosing to not go out there and learn about something, but at yeah. the same time be confused or be uh, insecure. Then that's just going to be your own shortcoming and your own uh, your own failure. Choices that you got. Yeah, you have you have yeah. the choice completely to like go out and understand and learn about who it is that you claim to be. So if you're insecure about, oh, I can't speak to this person because they're pointing fingers at me, yeah. then you can you can be honest and say, all right, cool, I'm going to go and find out actually what I believe and what I understand and I'll come back to you. Yeah. I mean, there's no harm in saying that. We're okay. always learning. What, 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 Shams, what about the issue? Can you also address the issue of Islamophobia as gen, gen, generally speaking? Because it's yeah. not the first time we're speaking about it, right? Yeah, I think I think we everyone saw it a lot more after the incidents in US 9/11. We 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 yeah. saw you know a, a huge increase. I think I think Islamophobia at a surface level, not at a deeper level, because at a deeper level, when you begin to understand religion and you know the schemes behind yeah. um, why there's a you know there's this why Islamophobia is still spread so widely, yeah. that's a much deeper conversation. But at a surface level, yeah. I think it's all about ignorance and hatred. I think I think there's just a lack of understanding, uh, a lack of education um, as to and, and and media, right? I'm looking at the marketing guy here, <laughs> and and media, right? Because it's the portrayal at a surface level, which is entirely in its premise false, right? And and entirely yeah. negative. Um, and I think it's it's at that look. There, there's two things you can look at. You can look at why. Are those negative views there and it's because actually a lot of the actions of muslims maybe warrant to some degree the thinking which leads them down to a thinking which is far-fetched right Mm. but to some degree it is linked to behaviors that they may have seen Mm. um action or reaction yeah exactly so so to some to some degree there 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 is something that they take and yeah Mm. they they do take it so far out of proportion but and that's where i think that the muslims who who, who claim to be followers of this religion need to behave and act in a certain way. But I think on the other side, society, like, it's your duty to, without sort of just pointing fingers at um, an understanding of or, or a concept or a religion in this case, to actually learn. If there's mm-hmm. Muslims telling you that actually these are our beliefs, then why, why, it always confuses me that there's ignorance out there to such a level that even when Muslims say, this is what we believe in and i'm talking about even certain debates within sort of you know muslim communities that i've been watching when a person is saying this is my belief this is what i'm telling you Mm. the person on the other end is saying no actually that's not your belief this (laughs) is what you believe and this is what islamophobia is right they don't want to accept what main what 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 islam is saying they want to say no this is what your islam is saying and i think that's comes from ignorance close-minded do you think do you think social media in my opinion i think social media has helped in a way because you know, after nine eleven, even what's going on now, um, I was just 
I was just seeing online, there's a lot of people that just, just bought during the recent conflict. People have started reading the Quran. Yeah. Just yeah. from yeah. The, yep. There's been so many videos that I've seen of people just, they bought a copy of the Quran and started reading and now they're making videos about it. This is what it says about Jesus. This is what it says about peace. This is what it says about that. Yeah. So I think it's actually getting to the source and, and actually as, as, you know, as, as you were referring to. But my point is, has you from the marketing guy, I want to yeah. ask you, has social media helped? Because there was a time where our news only came from CNN or Fox yeah. News or Channels BBC. 1 to 4, so yeah. yeah. Control, yeah. <laughs> so now, I think, my personal opinion is, you, you can disagree with that, that script has flipped. Yeah. Because now, you know, they are, they're, saying, they're calling it misinformation mm. and, you know, there's, there's two sides, sides of the story. But you do get, you know, from the source itself, what was happening, especially with the current conflict that's happening and the damage that's taken place. If it wasn't for social media, do you think we would know the truth as we know? Yeah. So, um, I, it's an it's another narrative, basically. Yeah. There there was one controlled narrative because of the media corporations. They have that, you know, they have the monopoly on how they communicate with ma the masses, right? Like well, back in the day, it was newspapers. The only way you could get in touch with yeah. the whole country was through a newspaper. So now it's given the autonomy to different people. Uh, to just give their version of events. And, you know, yeah, it's leading to misinformation as well. But I just want to circle back on uh, something that Shams said um, about Islamophobia. My understanding of Islamophobia is it's insecurity. I generally believe that anybody who uh, is Islamophobic uh, towards another individual is because of they're insecure about their own faith. Yeah. And they see people with such conviction in their faith that they have to pick holes at it. Yeah. Take it for the example of anything, right? Uh, you see a guy who's like does a lot of gym, right? And you know this guy, he's obsessed. Like you know, what he does is eat chicken or whatever, right? Like you, you find fault in it because mm. you're insecure about how you manage your health. Mm. We're gonna talk about health in the next uh, episode. Maybe it's a nice segue, but um, yeah, like I genuinely believe that Islamophobia comes from an insecurity of one, not knowing why you're here and two, just like not understanding it and, you know, just not having a faith of yourself because it's like football. People don't get insecure by seeing another football team because they believe in their team. They have their own belief in that. And I think that that's where Islamophobia really thrives mm -hmm. is because of a lack of understanding. And, uh, you know, you, you're saying about... um. Uh, like learning yourself I think that the best thing that ever happened to me is when I constantly was quizzed about my beliefs because I didn't ask those questions and they spurred me to go to spirals down at 2, 3 a.m. reading books and, and yeah. trying to figure out the answer so for me I think it's great I think that that's and the social media has so I think it's 50-50 I think social media has enabled a lot more perspectives yeah uh, but it's also allowed a lot more fake perspectives. That's the, that's the only problem. You know, what, on that though, I have to say, mm. uh, especially the uh, you know recent events, and as I mentioned before, you know, some of the, you know the the option to sort of uh, put out information mm. which you wouldn't have uh, seen or heard of before. I think, I think this is. I'm the first to to slate social media, right? I'm the first to say I think it's negative and whatever. But I think in this instance, mm. it has allowed people to start hearing the other side. Yeah. Yeah. For so long, there's only been one side, mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden, yeah, there's a lot of misinformation. Yeah. But all of a sudden, there is another narrative. There, there is another side to the story, yeah. and there's an option for people who know what they're talking about to actually portray 
um, you know, the correct version of events or the correct version of beliefs. Uh, and I think through social media, that's much more accessible now. Well, you I can think. see it live with your own eyes, exactly. right? If someone's yeah. is doing it live in another country, you can see what is happening there in real time, maybe with a slight delay, but you are seeing that. Yeah. So, no, I, t- I totally agree. I think that there is a big, I think social media, and that's the biggest impact of it on, on society, is that it has enabled this alternative narrative. One thing is, you know, I, you, know, you, you said something about insecurity, it stems from that. That, yeah. that could be at, at the surface level, but if you look at the extreme of it, you know, that young kid in, in, in the US who was stabbed to death, yeah. right? Um, because what that individual was seeing on news, what, what he was seeing his leader saying yeah. about these people, right? About the Muslims and, and that, that sometimes it's, a, it's subliminal language. Language is very important. Yeah. There's something that I need to emphasize. Calling human beings animals, yeah. right? It's 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 an important language because you're dehumanized. You dehuman. What's the word? Dehumanizing, dehumanizing yeah. those people, right? And that would and that's exactly what we see. The result of that is a young kid, and there's there's another uh, you know lady from the Pakistani origin that who was stabbed to death as well. So these are the issues. Um, you know that are far greater than just a mere insecurity. You may have people who are insecure in your in your workplace. They don't want to speak to you and stuff like that, and you try to break that barrier. But there are there are, there are people out there that you know because of this they they really want to go against you. And this is on the opposite side side as well. So many people we've we've seen from the Jewish com- community as well coming and speaking about these atrocities mm-hmm. and saying this is not this is not right, right? Mm-hmm. And and you've seen it in these marches and everywhere else. And and from the Islamic perspective as as well, there's no hatred for Jews. There's no such thing as uh, you know anti-Semitism whatsoever, right? But the, this is where we need to be very careful. Is when people are trying to spark these things within our communities, you know, or or you know online, they might be, you know, from the same side of the coin, that they want to create that hatred. Mm. They, they 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 want the society to polarize and look look things in a certain perspective. So I think it's 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 a very important thing. And this is where from our community perspective. It's always been, and the emphasis from Khalifa Tul Masih, especially now, Voices for Peace and you know the new camp and everything, yeah. is you cannot, justice is the main thing, he's been, he's been, he's been speaking about it for the past decade or so. All of those peace symposiums, all of those his, you know, speeches in the you know, European parliaments, the US, the Capitol Hill, it's always been about justice and telling people what it is. But in our communities, people know us to bring in, pe- uh, to, you know, to bring in people together and sing on the main table, you know, sp- speaking about it, eating together. And, and, you know, common things, and this is what Islam tells us, you know, come to us a common word. And one of the most, you know, th- one of the issues that, that really hurts is the Muslim disunity, hmm. which the Khalifa has spoken about numerous of times. And he's, he said, unless you become united, you can never stand up for, you know, for, for your rights. And this is exactly what Hazrat um, Joysefullah Khan Sahib, you know, at that time, the role that he played at that time for the Palestinian cause and you know for 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 you know for people's rights was that that you know he stood up and you know spoke about it so i think it's it's so many things There's that so many sort things, of yeah. sort of we've discussed we're coming to the end of the program but i think i think yeah, yeah i think i think it comes back to the verse you recited earlier where you know it's incumbent upon you to verify mm. the information that's being given and i think stuff like what we're hearing about you know this where people are now being killed because of the voices um, that they're listening to on social media, you know, if if you just go and actually learn about the situation, you'll have a better understanding of it. But I think, you know, it is important to to utilize social media um, in the right way as well, and to make sure that you can spread the right message. Um, and Islam even gives guidance to leaders how to govern the country. You know, these are these some of the people mm. that we're seeing that are spreading hate mm. are leaders, 
and I- Islam gives guidance on how on on the on the responsibilities of leaders to their nation. What you know, what how they need to be, um, sort of why they're in that position to to sort of govern the nation and their responsibilities it's towards trust, that nation. Yeah, that you, exactly. You answerable to God for it. You don't expect them to lie to you. And mm. we we you know, I, I'm sure I speak to mo- for most people that are probably listening is we don't like for example COVID. Like a lot, a lot of us are so frustrated because we just didn't know what information was being given to us, mm. whether it was true, and then things come out that it was false, and mm. you don't expect that from your mm. leaders. You don't expect a nation who's, you know, a government to be misleading people like yeah. that. And this is where Islam comes in and does give guidance as to the way leaders need to be. Okay, just just to wrap it up, we only got five minutes. Um, so we've spoken about I- identity crisis. We've given. You know some of uh, you know some of our opinions. To be to, to to be very honest, we're not saying everything we've said is right, yeah. but it's it's for people to think and ponder over what's been said. It's just our experience here, and 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 of course, Islamic perspective. Um, you know, as as well, and also talking about uh, you know Islamophobia. But lastly, I just want to get a comment from you know from each each of you, uh, with with regards to so you're speaking to a young Muslim 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 youth who's going through all of these issues that you have gone you have gone through. Uh, not everybody reacts the same way. Right. Um, some, as you said, th- and there, there could be issues from the parents side of things. Their parents might not be role models. Right. And we know from our perspective and I've spoken to, you know, many, many, many of us have spoken about this before, is that I always say take the good and leave the bad. Right. There, there, there's, there, there will be bad in your experiences that you don't need to take forward to the next generation of, you know, to, to your kids. This is now you need to take charge. So what would you say to that young, young, young guy who's listening to you? And who's going through these challenges of, you know, identity, of of Islamophobia? People calling him names in school and all of these things. I think I, I think the, I think I'll be honest. I think the main piece of advice I'd give a youth growing up in this country is, you will make mistakes. Uh, you will do things wrong. Don't worry about it. That you know that doesn't mean that God turns away from you or Islam turns or religion or anything. There's a lot of um, you know this feeling or sentiment amongst sort of youngsters that you know mm. when 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 they do things wrong they beat themselves up about it for too much and for too long, and I think there needs to be an understanding that it doesn't matter if you weren't meant to be born and an, an angel mm. and if you were you weren't supposed to be given guidance like mm. the Quran like the prophets because you're meant to have things where you, you you're meant to have these weaknesses and it's about overcoming them it's not about sort of always beating yourself up about making a mistake um so i think that's the one advice i would give to you know a, a, a younger person listening that don't worry if you're making mistakes and even if you go back to bad habits you can still um continuously sort of fight them off and and, and the point is that it's a battle beautiful just just want to mention a hadith of the prophet just on exactly what you said and and uh, you know the, the you know the prophet peace be upon him said all of the children of adams are sinners and the best sinners are those who repent so there, there's, you know, from the Islamic perspe- perspective, that door is always open, and 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 you know, you should never never feel down about it, um, brother. Yeah. So I, I, I'd concur that, and I'd say that when it comes to making mistakes, learn from them. Mm. Uh, the quicker you learn from them, yeah, the better it is for you. And um, how to build a relationship with God? Because I feel like that's that's the key to understanding just your purpose here. Is you can't have a relationship with someone you don't know so figure out who god is uh god's attributes and like those in themselves will teach you so much about life so that where you said about uh, youth like beating themselves up for doing yeah. bad stuff if you knew that god is the mo- most forgiving yeah. being yeah. you would know that there is 
an opportunity for you and that you just have to get yourself right. So th- that'd be my two cents. I think these guys have covered it <laughs> off to be fair, but um, no, Shams, I think you mentioned something really good and you actually followed on from it. And there's a there's a surah that's been speaking to me a lot quite recently, Surah Duha, which is basically about God is not leaving you, right? Beautiful. And it is for me recently, I've been just like replaying that on Spotify, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a beautiful um, surah. And I think, yeah, as you mentioned as well, Fahim, that yeah. you should learn from it, you should definitely like. Mm-hmm know that you know this is a mistake i made and as you mentioned earlier you will feel it in your gut when you've made a mistake yeah. that feeling yeah i think Islam also says that the more you do that though that feeling does kind of come yeah. down but that feeling is also always going to be there if you have that feeling it means that it's something wrong and try work on rectifying it work on knowing what kind of person it is you want to be and yeah from there Th- that that's what the Prophet said that that is the spark of faith when yeah. you know that when you feel in you that you've done something wrong and, and, and you want to repent. When that has gone, the spark of faith has gone. So this is a good, uh, you know, habit or, you know, yeah. uh, you know, something within you. So we, we are coming to the end of the program. We've only got a minute or so to go. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be coming back after a short break uh, where we'll be discussing physical wellness. But with that, I want to thank all of you, uh, Brother Shams. Najam Shams, I should say. Brother Mudabir Khalid, thank you so much for coming in. I think it was v- interesting. I think we should have spoken more. Maybe yeah. in, in, in future we can have... Uh, two other programs here where we discuss these matters further. So, Jazakallah and all uh, for you know all other Zua who are involved from the tech team as well. Jazakumullah, uh, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful, welcome back to the second hour of Drive Time Show here at Voice of Islam. You're joined by myself, Raheel Ahmed, and Fahim Nasser. We will be with you for another 55 minutes. We'll be discussing now in the second hour physical wellness, the Prophet's Path. Um, of course, talking of physical wellness, it is a, a, a cornerstone of our lives, uh, often underestimated and taken for granted. Uh, it forms a foundation for our overall well-being and enabling us to lead a you know lead fulfilling lives, to be honest. Uh, and so in today's program, we embark on a journey to explore the prophet's path, a, a, a timeless guide to achieving the sustainable physical wellness as exemplified by the teachings of the Holy Prophet of Islam, uh, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Uh, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, once wisely stated that all of you are shepherds and each of you is responsible for his flock. He also, uh, in one of the hadith in, 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 in his traditions, had mentioned that a strong believer is better than a weak believer. Um, so this profound guidance uh, underscores the importance of physical health uh, in effectively fulfilling our responsibility towards God and His creation. Um, and also these responsibilities extend not only to our own bodies, as I was mentioning, but also to our relationships with others and our environment as a whole. Uh, by taking care of our you know, physical well-being, we are better equipped to serve our own needs, uh, contribute to society, live in harmony with the world around us. Uh, and the path of wellness is is holistic, encompassing the relationship between physical health, mental well-being, mental balance, and spiritual nourishment. And so, this aligns with the comprehensive uh, teachings given by the Holy Prophet peace be upon him to balance 
of one's well-being. And that's why I was saying that Allah the Almighty tells us in the Quran, uh, Allah says, we have, we have made you, uh, you know, uh, a people of middle way, right? Um, and and this is something that 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 we see within the within the character of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him. He was never in ex, you know he was never extreme in doing anything. And this is why he commanded his followers as well that you know the best deed is that even if it's less but done regularly. Yeah. Um, so we're coming to so for, first of all, uh, uh, Fahim, I want to come to you about the mental health and physical wellness. If you can you know delve a bit more on that and explain. Uh, to us how they are interlinked and why they are important well i can describe from experience mm-hmm. where you say that have you ever done some sort of physical activity and not felt better afterwards uh, obviously mm. un- unless you've injured yourself great question right? yeah. like you you never really it whether it was tiring or whether it was <laughs> like you know you you struggled a lot Obviously, unless it was an injury, injury, yeah. um, you know, you always walk away feeling better. And I think that um, I've been seeing a lot of content online as well where it's describing uh, don't make, uh, you know, working out or, or giving yourself healthy uh, physically, any sort of physical exercise. Don't make it something that is a chore. Make it as a way that you should, uh, this is going to make me feel better. Like it's it's something that, not not, not just think, oh, I want to be skinny. I want to, you know, I want to uh, weigh less. Or I want to have bigger biceps or, or whatever it is. If you take it from the <coughs> approach of, I just want to feel better today. Like just, you know, I just, I want to move my body and feel better. And it's, it's it, you know, I'm sure we'll go into it and yeah. we can discuss it with our guests as well. But like, um I think from from scientifically, it's yeah. proven that you know endorphins are re- released and um, yeah. you know you get that buzz essentially, um, and yeah, just think about that when you're thinking about this, when you're thinking about your mental health. Just think: Are you physically active? Mm-hmm. The moment you get up out of a chair, go for a walk, I guarantee you'll probably come back feeling better. Yeah. Um, spot on, and this is why I think um, there is great emphasis within Islam as well of phys- physical a- activity. Um, and but but I think the intention is 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 not uh, to do you know to to think just think better of yourself and I'm better than him or that or my body mm. looks amazing. Yeah. But there there is a greater purpose in Islam and that is to serve God and His creation. And and this is where you know I, I was I was mentioning to you the very fundamental rights in Islam where we always mention you know over and over again is 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 hukukullah and hukukulibad. We say the rights of God and the rights of uh, creation. So this concept. Um, so we're speaking of healthy mind, healthy body is 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 is, is actually a phrase that is repeated, you know, all the time, and yeah. and for good reason, of course. Um, this concept emphasizes that uh, our physical health and our mental health are deeply connected, uh, and and a, and a healthy mind supports a healthy body, and vice versa. Um, practices such as meditation have you know been proven to physically be beneficial, uh, according to uh, Mayo Clinic. Uh, medication can give you a sense meditation meditation isn't it yeah yeah it, it, it can give you uh, a sense of calm peace have you ever meditated not 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 like consciously no. i'll be honest with you not consciously in that sense but um yeah that's actually a very good question mm. have you like, have you done it so I've, I've i've tried it in in the sense of uh, i've looked at some techniques when i've struggled to sleep Okay. So like um, some breathing exercises and stuff, 
but um, I've never because of prayer, and yeah. and I and I genuinely feel like if if it wasn't for prayer, then I I'm pretty sure I would have tried it. Yeah. Um, but because I do feel that calm whenever I just slow down and I say to myself, you know what, like the next fifteen minutes, there's nothing else to do. Nothing else is gonna change. Yeah, I just need to read my prayer, uh, offer my prayers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like <coughs> I, the reason why I asked you about uh, meditation yeah. is because yeah. you know, it's really hard. <laughs> like, um, yeah. if if you think about it, like when you when you, I think you know your mind runs at such a fast pace. There's so many things to think about on a on a daily basis. To actually stop and just like clear your mind. And um, I, th- I think it's really difficult. And I think that is a good practice to, one, um, stop you from being numb and end up like just continually doing things with no purpose. I think mm-hmm. that it can stop and make you reflect as well. So, yeah, no, I was just, uh, I was just interested. Yeah, I think see. what I meant was I'm, I've, I haven't done it as it is known, the practice yeah, of yeah, meditation. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but it's interesting. It's good to try uh, it's not. It's not that it's haram in Islam or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But the point that I was trying to make is, if because our five daily prayers are such, uh, and and it is to be done in such contemplation and such focus, right? Um, that it does. It is. It is greater than just slowing down your thoughts. Is actually connecting with a greater entity. Yeah. This is. This is. This is a slight difference where everything. Yes, in your day-to-day life, where you're doing. You know, for yourself and for your kids and all these things that you're doing, right? Um, now you've got time to basically, um, you know, as you say, slow down, you know, yeah. relax, focus breathing, attention, focus relax, attention, all of these breathing, things. Yeah. But here, the idea is slightly more than that. That's yeah. that that is sort of um, the outcome of of the prayer, mm. right? But the 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 intention of the prayer is not merely that. It's, yeah. it's actually more than that. It's, 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 it's connecting with God. And it's the words that you're saying. You know, they say words are spells. And it's, you know, people say how you speak to yourself. And all yeah. But here you're, 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 you're praising God Almighty. You're, you're, you know, you're asking for His help. You're thanking Him. Gratitude. All of these things are you know, linked within, within this prayer. And I think it's, it's, it's very important because, because the, it begins with God is, God is the greatest, right? Allah, yeah. Allahu Akbar, right? Um, and, um, and that, Automatically instills yeah, well, why is he the humility, greatest? right? Like, like yeah, I, f- yeah. I feel like the reason he's why we charge, say it is in charge of our affairs, like yeah. because a lot of things might be going in your in, in your life that you, you're not in control of, yeah. and this is when that kalima, when that word it comes out of your mouth and it comes with that deep thought, mm. you say, Allah, you're the greatest. Yeah. I eat. There are things that are beyond my control. It's only you that control everything, yeah. right? And then it begins with thanking God and saying, Alhamdu, all praise belongs to yeah. Allah, right? Lord of all the worlds, and so this is pondering over every, you know, statement that comes, you know, and this this is why, and this is why it's interesting. One of the incidents from the life of the Prophet is a companion who was injured in a battle, yeah. um, and uh, and to treat him, it was a very, uh, you know, it was a very very painful injury, and at that time he said, I would, <clears throat> I would, <clears throat> I would start praying, and then, <clears throat> you know, uh, treat me. You know, and at, at at that instant, and 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 I thought, what 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 what, yeah. what what does he actually mean? I mean, I'll start praying, and so so the point, his his point was that while he starts praying, he'll be in such concentration yeah. that he would not feel the pain, yeah. right? And this is 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 something is you know it's something that we all should achieve if you really think about it. Oh, that yeah. level of concentration, 
and uh, you know focus in our prayer where it's not easy not at all it's not easy not at all and um, there are techniques and you know like focusing on a specific uh, area and making sure that you, you you focus just on that area it can it can help you because you know you can start to pray and you start thinking oh i need to do this i need to do that or, or this is coming in you know or i better hurry up or, or and i think that when uh, Rahil was describing the um, the translation, the reason why it's all, it's all about praising God is that, and, and the reason why I asked why is God the greatest is when you start to think about how lucky you have got to one, be here, two to have the upbringing, the parents, the opportunities, and everything that you have, you will feel at peace because you'll realize actually um you know whatever problems i'm facing they could have been a lot worse and i think that that's where you know there are similarities between meditation and, and, and prayer and and they both help and similarly to what i was saying earlier about how going to to work out or, or any sort of uh, physical exercise you always come back feeling better i i do think there's been a prayer where like if done properly and with concentration um i've not like finished and um felt immediately better i felt like weight has lifted off me and um you know sometimes uh i think there's statistics uh but, but they but i forget right now but uh <laughs> that uh, if you write um if you talk about a problem the first the first part of a problem is to figure out the problem Right, if you don't know the problem, then you can't work yeah. towards the solution. Yeah, the first part of a solution to a problem is figuring out what the problem is, yep. and I think that sometimes just talking about it, being like, you know, oh, I really need this, and then once you start to dwell on it a bit more, and then you start to think about it, and and then you start to appreciate God, it, it just it makes you feel better. So, I think definitely um, mental health and and physical wellness like go hand in hand, yep. and meditation uh, is a great way. But um, you know, f prayer is, is is even better in my opinion. Absolutely, I mean, it offers them the chance to 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 slowly focus on their spiritual connection because spirituality, from from our perspective, is very very heavily linked with the you know phys phys physical well being too. Um, you know, seek seeking guidance and also uh, finding peace and solace in our in our in our daily lives. So the emphasis is 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 the is also the you know the importance of forgiveness and gratitude. These practices, you know, can reduce um, are, are are a means of reducing negative emotions and promoting a positive mindset, leading to stress relief and healthier body. And I think uh, one of the things that we were discussing in in the previous, you know, with uh, program, we were discussing the youth and the issues that you know youth deal with, um, is the idea of navigating through you know identity crises and all of these things. And since pr since prayer is mentioned and what's going what's going on around the world, you sometimes feel helpless. This is a question that you know I wanted to ask them, but let's discuss it now. Um, one of the one of the things that we as individuals know that there there are always going to be things that are not going to be within our control. Um, we can do we can only do so much about it. So so and and this is where the idea of prayer, you know, really really comes into play. And again, we were talking about we were talking about. How how do we know you pray even works? Yeah, that question come into mind as well. But that's again uh, through experience. 
right? A person who has experienced his prayers being answered will never doubt it, yeah. right? So, so this is where, from our perspective, from from the Islamic perspective, connecting to God and praying for the suffering around the world goes a long way. You know, fixing ourselves. You know, um, uh, you know, fixing our 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 worship, our actions, the responsibilities that that are, that, that are at hand. You know, towards mankind and God. These are also these are all things that are very very fun, fundamental. Yes, feeling the pain of uh, those things that you see your social show, social media that do have a huge impact, a huge impact on your you know mental toll. Um, but again, I think we're all the same. Sometimes there is no particular answer, a clear answer to that question, right? Um, just just another day, I was you know going sailing with another brother and going through one, yeah. of, one of the posts on social media, and he saw one of these. You know, pictures of video where, you know, uh, a young child was very badly injured, right? Yeah. And uh, and he's telling me like, because he's that brother does 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 not have social media, and he's somewhat better in terms of he's more con- connected, and he's all, he's not really. Um, and he told me because one of the reasons why you feel down is the fact that you you keep on looking at these things and it's, yeah. re- it's really impacting you, and 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 it really hit me, and he was right because. It, because the only thing you said you could do is pray and pray, give yeah. charity, pray, and and of course you're raising your voices, um, and that's that's the only thing you can do, that's in your mind. And but you got to think about what impact this is going to have on your kids while 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 you go home and stuff. So I think this is what we're trying to say: is prayer is it's it's a fundamental part of our of you know our faith and our religion, uh, you know that we follow. And I think if we perfect that, because this is what 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 the Prophet peace upon him said that the first question that we asked on the day of judgment would be about his prayer, yeah. and, and if that is if that is um, fine, then all 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 affairs will be correct. Because yeah. if you really ponder over this, if your prayer is perfect, yeah. it's perfect, and you connect to God and and you truly thank Him, think 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 about it. You won't do any you you, you won't be involved in uh, you know uh, sinful activities and all yeah. these things because you're conscious five times a day. Yeah. You're you're consciously worshiping God and you're thanking Him and asking for guidance. There's not enough time. Yeah, <laughs> but no. Uh, bringing it back to to um, you know physical wellness and uh, the Prophet's <coughs> path and yeah, there's a lot of um, guidance in Islam about uh, improving your physical well-being. But one thing I wanted to explore with you, um, Brother Hill, is yeah. that um, what why just give some like reasons why physical health. Uh, is important to practice your faith so so to speak um, yeah. that uh, I feel like one of the things that is key is that if you don't look after your um, if you don't look after your health then you can't actually um, practice your spirituality right you won't be able to make sure that um, you pray five times a day you won't be able to get out of bed if you don't keep yourself physically well and that's why it comes all hand in hand that they make sure that you know keeping yourself physically active keeping yourself physically uh, as as best as possible yep. is a part of your faith because ultimately you need your physical well-being to be able to practice your faith and to yep. practice uh, what we mentioned in the beginning was uh, service, uh, worship, worshiping uh, God, and uh, service to hum- hum- uh, humanity, which is uh, the purpose to life according to Islam. And um, yeah, I just 
Of course, uh, interesting. Thank, thank, thank you so much for that. I think we'll, we'll carry on with this, but now we do have on the line our first guest. We'll be speaking to Dr. Harold, uh, who is a professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences and an associate professor of medicine at the Duke University Medical Center with a short introduction. Assalamu alaikum, may peace and blessings of God be upon you, and welcome to the Drive Time Show. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you so much for joining us. So we're speaking about physical well-being, and uh, you know how do we net, you know how do we make ourselves uh, you know more fitter, more healthier mentally, physically. Um, but 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 the questions we wanted to ask you um, was how does uh, behavioral science contribute to our understanding of physical wellness, and 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 also what what key principles or theories should individuals be aware of when, when, when seeking to improve their physical health? Yeah, you know, our thoughts and our beliefs and our attitudes and our actions all influence our physical health. You know, we're, we're not just physical beings. We, we're mm. psychological, social, you know, spiritual and, uh, and, and physical beings, and they all relate to one another. So, you know, uh, the spiritual part influences the social relationships. It affects your mental health and ability to cope. Yep. It affects, you know, your behaviors, you know, how you're, you know, behaving in terms of your habits, in terms of your drinking or your smoking or other kinds of behaviors. And all of those factors influence your health. So my, my, uh, position is that the spiritual is the most powerful factor that influences all other aspects of health because it holds them together when you when you pray when you pray to god and you connection with god that enables you to love one another it enables you to behave yourself and have self-control and it enables you to have the discipline, the self-discipline to exercise, to eat right, um, and all of those things. But it, it really is this connection with God that is so essential to everything else. Mm-hmm. And that that's why those five <clears throat> prayers a day are so important, because throughout the day, it keeps your mind on God, which, which will enable mm-hmm. you to live in a healthy way. Very right. interesting. And so could you share some insights on the role of habit formation in like how that impacts uh, behavioral change and how that helps maintain a, a healthy lifestyle. Do you, do you have any strategies that you could share with us? With regard to habit formation? Yeah. Because yes. that's the biggest you struggle, know, right? You, you know, just getting up and, and making <laughs> sure that you stay physically fit. So yeah, it, it uh, yeah. I'd really appreciate that. Um, You know, the most important habit to develop is the habit of making moral decisions. The habit of making moral decisions that involves repeatedly when you're confronted with a situation that has moral implications, you're making Mm. the morally right decision. If you're doing that, that will help to develop um, your holiness. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we're all after. We're trying to achieve holiness in God's eyes and have that have that connection with God. And, and, and it's closer <laughs> when we are living in a more holy manner. And it, 
it's doing that which in service to God is what enables us to develop these habits because God helps us. We're not on we're not doing this all on our own. God wants us mm. to be healthy and live a full life so that we can serve him throughout that life. And as we make these these habitual decisions that are according to God's will, that that enables us to live that healthy life. But, but you know, it, we're weak. As humans, we're so weak. <laughs> we just don't have the power to do this. So we need help, and we need to ask God for it, and He will give it to us. Right, and so with habit formation, so... Yeah, uh, is there is any strategies that you could share that are beyond, you know, obviously we can't do anything without God, but are there any that come straight to mind? Well, you know, part of it has to do with your personality, mm. you know. Um, for example, myself, I'm a bit obsessive, you know, <laughs> and so it's very easy for me to repeat things over and over again. Mm. It's just a matter of, you know, doing it, making those decisions in the in the right way and for for me physical exercise and eating right and all of that you know that's easier for me than some other person who may have a different personality um that that may not be quite as obsessive and compulsive so um that would be a, a major um piece of advice is don't be too hard on yourself Hmm. you know to develop these habits um but you know, again, this self-discipline, if you realize the benefits down the road mm. of developing these moral habits, that will help you actually do it, you know? And, and, and as, as I said, God will naturally will help you do it. Yeah. He's for you. He wants you to live a flourishing life. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that flourishing life is developing self-discipline. That's so yeah. critical to it. I really appreciate your 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 insight on 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 prayer actually because a lot of the time we kind of ponder and think you know it's all due our achievements are all due to our own efforts uh, you know it was all due to me um, but but rather I think it's 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 a grace of God uh, grace uh, grace of the Almighty that that we're able to achieve these things because who knows what the next moment in life is going to bring not nothing we're not in control of things. Um, but another another important element from from habit forming, which I remember, which, which I wanted to share with you as well, because of course this is a conversation, is that um, and we, I was just mentioning before that the Prophet peace be upon him, uh, the Prophet of Islam, he said to his companions that uh, you know God loves such actions, which are du- which are which may be uh, you know um, which may be small in your in in your sight, you know small moral moral act actions, but done regularly. And so, so, so I think one of the ways in which we can, you know, form habits is doing goodness regularly. Uh, and I think this is where, uh, because coming out of the cycle of bad, I think this is one of the things as well, uh, where Allah says in the Quran as well, that, 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 you know, do away your bad deeds with goodness, you know, follow up, follow it up with goodness. Uh, now, moving forward uh, with, with regards to, uh, you know, your research, your experience, what are some of uh, some common, you would say, you know, psychological barriers or challenges that uh, individuals f- face when trying to adopt healthier behaviors, and how can they actually overcome these obstacles? 
Yeah, you know, um, over sometimes you just have to decide, okay, I'm going to do healthy actions. And, and one, one way of developing a habit of doing healthy actions is to decide that um, you are going to do five good acts that you would ordinarily not do mm. in a day and you do that one time a week. You choose one day a week when you will do five acts of kindness. Mm. And once you experience the benefits, those, that has actually been shown in randomized controlled trials to increase happiness and well-being of people. If they just do that one day a week, five mm. acts of kindness, again, that they would not ordinarily do, and they do that for a period of six to ten weeks. And it literally changes mm -hmm. the quality of their life because they develop the habit. They, they have the experience of the benefits of doing good. And then they're more likely to, it's easier to do it the next time. Mm. So I would encourage your listeners to decide to do one day a week. And, and you know, don't do it one time <laughs> for five days, you know, one each day. Do it all five in one day because that helps to really establish the habit and again that experience of of joy and peace because you're following god's will because that's what god's will is is that we care for one another that we love our neighbor mm -hmm. and if we do that regularly yeah. that will produce health both mental social and physical health appreciate that thank you so much um and lastly are there any notable success stories or, or case studies you would like to share with us where behavioral science has has actually you know significantly improved physical wellness uh outcomes for individuals or communities and what lessons would you say can we you know learn from these examples well you know from the research that's recently been done at the university of miami um this is with 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 uh both national samples here in the United States and, and, and smaller samples of people who, have, who are HIV positive, you know, with the, with the AIDS virus. Um, what they have shown really is kind of remarkable and fits in very much with what you guys, you've been talking about, and that is that prayer, yep. prayer uh, for self um, is related to greater longevity when people are studied over time. If people pray daily, and particularly five times a day, that actually their lifespan is extended. But when, when you look at praying for others, that yeah. apparently extends longevity even further. Mm -hmm. So praying regularly, frequently, once a day, and praying for others, you know, that, that is multiplicative. That, that multiplies the physical health effects over time. Appreciate that. Thank you, uh, Dr. Harold. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, thank you for your insight, and hopefully we'll be speaking to you again. Uh, you know, there's so many topics to discuss. Uh, thank you once again for joining us. Assalamu alaikum. I always, en I always enjoy talking with you all. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Assalamu alaikum. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight is the number to call if you want to speak about or mention uh, things which really really help you with your physical wellness. Uh, 
and uh, with well, give us some tips and tricks. Yeah, of course, yeah, of like course, of course. And yeah. also, you can tweet us at Voice of Islam UK as well. So, 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 you know, so much to get from this. But I think the main thing which where, which Doctor focused on was here was prayer, and I, and I was quite surprised um, that he would he would put so much emphasis on prayer and yeah, and also um, you know doing uh, you know doing something regularly, even even if it's once a week, five things. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm 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 just well, summarizing what you know what you said. But all of these points are very much in relation to what Islam actually says with regards to habit forming and you know behavioral change. I feel like we can uh, end the show here because <laughs> because he said it. We we heard from a doctor that has said that if you want to live live longer, pray for other people. <laughs> there you go. And pray five times a day. <laughs> exactly, five times a day. Mm. He said if you want to live. Uh, you're gonna live longer, mm. and then if you want to live even longer, you pray for other people. Yeah, and um, so there you go. Like, what else is there to discuss? <laughs> no, yeah. but uh, honestly, that that was really insightful. I think that that's it. Just shows the impact of yep. saying, uh, you know, thinking about others. I think that, um, and sometimes I, like so, when I thought of that, I thought, okay, why? Like, why? Why does that happen? And Sometimes I think that it's it's the amount of stress we put on ourselves based on the pressures. And when we start to think about others and praying yeah. for others, yeah. we stress less about what we're going through. Mm. And we think less about how, oh God, I've, I've got this problem, I've got that problem, I've got yeah. this problem. When you're actually... Um, like you, you feel responsible for your problems, mm. but when you're actually praying for someone else and praying for their problems to to be solved, you, you don't feel that same responsibility on your shoulders, and I think that that causes less stress and that probably just improves your bodily health, right? Yeah. And um, I think that it a key part of all of this is that when you pray regularly and you have that uh, connection with God and you you speak to God and you you essentially like share that problem with god they say you know they say that um a problem shared is a problem halved right so that is is happening when you're when you're praying um you're sharing that problem with god and you then are may you're aware of the fact that you know what i am i'm not the one that's in control of this i'm not in control of the outcome i can only act in the way that i act and God will ultimately help me. I just got to keep that connection, and for me, all of a, a combination of that, the, the you know the the feeling of uh, praying for others makes you feel more grateful. It also means that you don't worry so much about your problems, and then you also realize that God um, can help solve all of those problems. That's why I think that the the physical act of prayer, um, and and the spiritual uh, part of it is is something that will help you live longer. Uh, have a more meaningful life and that's where it brings back to the actual discussion of today which yep. is the the um you know the health uh, physical health uh, in religion um that ultimately you will not be able to practice your religion to the best of your ability if you are not physically healthy absolutely right? no doubt and one of the other things that we wanted to um point out is nutrition because the topic is also uh, physical wellness the prophet's path so I think we need to highlight the, that 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 the Prophet peace be upon him, 
who brought us this religion of Islam was was, uh, was someone who who for us is the best of examples Uswatun Hasana as the Quran says um, and and why that is it's not just a claim but his his every in, in, interaction that we see is is based upon uh, you know uh, based upon not just the commandments of Allah of course that 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 is there but they if if you evaluate it they are in actual accordance with our nature with our fit fitra right and and this is what we see with regards to five daily prayers or fasting or you know the religion that is given a charity all of these things that 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 are part and parcel of our parcel of our faith it 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 goes a long way and there are studies out there which 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 you know that 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 prove that they actually help you mentally phys- physically as well um now one of the things is nutrition and diet and we knew, we know the prophet we see upon him told us that um you know to to uh, you know to not overeat yeah you know um Quran says, "Eat and drink, but don't, don't, um, don't go overeating, or you know, don't, yeah. uh, don't, don't be excessive." Is the word, and and this is what what we see with regards to his nutrition and diet was 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 a very very simple, very simple diet. We know yeah. that the Prophet peace be used to fast on a Monday and a Thursday, um, something we know that for our physical health is very 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 important, also for our mental health. Because it will give more more ch- chance for us. Now we might say, I can't concentrate without my coffee in the morning and stuff like that. But yes, yeah. that's the change that you know. They, they say that the price that you have to pay for change uh, is pain. Pain is the price that you have to have have to pay for yeah. for for the change that's going to come. But but yeah, for a lo- in the long term, you would see great advantages of it. And this is why <clears throat> we find that um, you know the prophet was a very strong. You know, from 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 the examples that we have of his life, physically very strong, um, and and very able, just strong to an extent can that it, he was he would stand half a night praying to Allah, Allah the Almighty, and also helping his wives. You know, uh, doing house chores and then taking care of the companions. Yeah, there's expeditions. So there's all of these things. So let's really ponder over. Uh, and, I just, I just really quickly want to yeah. add to that is because um, I get a test to to. To the prophet's uh, uh, peace be upon him's uh, strength, because um, I went uh, I went um, to Mecca and Medina, right. and um, so I, I, d- I did the uh, climb up to Cave Hero, which Cave he Hira, used to yes. do, which he used to do regularly, right? Uh, and <laughs> it was it was stairs, yes. okay. The, the, right now it's stairs. There's a yes. clear path, yeah. right? And the how, holy long pro- take, the, how long did it take? You? Uh, me, I don't even know. <laughs> Let's say all day. I don't know. Like yeah. honestly, like there was points where I had to stop. Yeah. You know, because it's is and when I when I did that, I actually thought like, how strong was was the uh, holy prophet uh, peace and blessings of God be upon him? Um, that like he was able to do that without stairs. You know, they, they, there's big boulders. You know, like that that would have taken a lot of strength to go up there, and that's on the daily. Yeah, and you know to then, like you said, stand in prayer, not to go sit in there and <laughs> relax, right? Like it's it's actually go there and mm. and be so focused in prayer that you know we have that clear um, you know knowledge of of um, his his physical strength and and like we like we're discussing in in this show is that the prophet's path was was uh, with physical wellness and it's something that is a Absolutely. cornerstone of our faith yeah and um, I mean we know uh, you know the the sort of um, food that is available to us we you know we have options upon options right um, 
that are readily available from the fast food that we see around us. And we know that the home-cooked food is healthiest, yet we, what is it that, that makes us you know, have food outside. So these are the questions that yeah. you know we should we should we should be asking ourselves, and 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 that's the reality. Um, you know, we we really need to ponder upon. And and and, and is, is is holiness also uh, mentioned in one of his Friday sermons from uh, from summer twenty sixteen? He said, in these Western countries, unhealthy and junk food is very is also very common, which must be avoided. These factors must be considered and taken care of. If they it's talk talking to us missionaries are single and living by themselves and can at least find some time for exercise while li- living in the mission house should also know techniques of cooking uh, food cook, cook, cooking health healthy food and also <clears throat> uh, his uh, second caliph in his book the way of seekers said that a child should be fed at fixed hours he said this will breed the habit of self-control and save save it from number of evils. It is a great mistake not to inculcate regular food habits in an, in the infant and in the grown up child. Regular food habits will further lead to the habit uh, further lead to the following good habits. And he uh, he mentioned punctuality, self control, and good health. So we have uh, you know so many things that we need to um, delve upon. But I think if you if you want to add add some something to it, you can. Yeah, I just, uh, I just think that. Um when you when you think about islam and the purpose of being here so there's there's the worshiping of of god uh, first and foremost and we do that through prayer and we we've spoken a lot about that if you're not physically fit you won't be able to do that but i i come to the second part where it's um to serve humanity and if you like the, there's so much wisdom in Islam because if you think about it, if you aren't physically fit and you see someone who is elderly or a child that is struggling with something and because of the way you have engaged uh, your relationship to food, your your um, level of physical ex- exercise, your addiction to other things that are stopping you from being able to exercise or, or feel good, um, and you weren't able to help them, that would, I feel, like make you feel worse. And mm. the fact that you are then, I don't know, like I feel like when you're physically unfit, just everything is a lot harder, right? Yeah, like, it's just It's just a lot harder. <clears throat> and you're just putting yourself in a position where you're making yeah. everything a lot harder. And that's going to take a toll mentally uh, and spiritually. So I think that, that's where Islam has thought about every single scenario and it's such a complete guidance that it takes this one aspect of physical health and I feel like I learn more and more um, about the benefits of, of these teachings um, and, and this is just another great example of it. Of course, uh, and it's also supported by research that suggests that a person's ability to, to, to efficiently regulate the appetite is actually linked to a biological pattern called uh, circadian rhythms. Yes. Yeah, and uh, these rhythms follow a 24-hour cycle that regulates timing of physiology, m- you know, my metabolism and also behavior. Yeah. Uh, at optimum performance, they initiate wake and sleep cycles and also signal feeding and fasting bodily states. Uh, so it's imperative that you know that eating and sleeping behaviors align with our circadian rhythms. Um, 
when when they when these rhythms are constantly disrupted it it can lead to an increased risk of obesity type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular diseases um and so the importance of uh, regular regular exercise you know of course it, we all know the benefits of it, weight management low blood pressure heart risk yeah. you, you know the lower risk uh, the lower the re- reducing the risk of <coughs> heart disease apologies so i mean we've got all of this information in front of us i think action is what is it that 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 limiting people have taken action this is what we were discussing before um where is that ability you know it's sort of um you know mentally of disabled people to take action and 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 they can't stick to it they can't people can't stick to doing something for a yeah. for a long period of time what well, consistency and, and we were saying yeah consistency yeah. that's the word right it was as I was saying the prophet peace be upon him said that the most beloved action to allah is one that is consistent even though if it's done it's, even if it's small right yeah. even that even the action is small like feeding a bird let's say yeah. in, or you know whatever if it's consistent uh, or, or or going like my brother i've recently he lost lost quite a few you know quite a bit of weight yeah so i was like i've seen him after some time and i'm like you've done quite well he's like look to be honest with you i i started going gym really hardcore then mm. i just wouldn't go yeah so what i did he goes i now he goes i go twice a week or three times a week but i know i have to go three times a week yeah so he goes i go there and do you know the no normal things that needs to be done that's taken him let's say a year yeah but he has done it yeah. like, like he's he's reached his goal so i think the exactly the point that that i think ev- ev- everybody has their own way of looking at things but i think accountability is a huge thing yeah. um that's another big aspect that we we find from the prophet's life i think uh, you know with regards to his tarbiya we say his upbringing of companions yeah. that he would uh, you know he would appreciate them as well as he would you know uh, make them take accountability of certain actions yeah so two things with that um firstly the, the consistency um, you mentioned your brother um about going to the gym i have uh, i can't remember exactly where i remember this from but um there is an, an account of an individual who would um who wanted to lose weight wanted to start uh, going to the gym and what they would do is they would go to the gym uh and then if if he didn't feel like working out he'd leave right like so he would go and then he would go to the gym he'd go to the gym and literally just walk back out and what he was doing was he was training himself to just get to the gym mm. and then how many times we like you get there and you'll be like i'm here now i might as well do something mm. and then you start doing something you're like i might as well improve it and i've like i thought about that principle a lot and so i wanted to improve um the amount uh, of uh, the holy quran that i read every mm. day so um the approach i took um i like i'd always give myself excuses like you know oh i haven't got time because you know work i've got to leave for work or I've got this or there's always something there's, there's yeah. always a reason so i said like i just uh, said to myself i said look um i'm not going to leave the house and this is this uh, uh, guided from my father that uh, that did the same uh, i'm not going to leave the house without reading one verse of the quran right like oh, you wow. tell you tell me has who hasn't got time to read one verse right and like so i've i've done that and and so i i tried three verses i said like you know what no matter what i'm going to read three verses before i leave and if i'm really 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 late then i'm mm. going to do one verse and honestly like <coughs> praise to god um that like i've been managed to do it consistently for like months 
And it was just that fact. And and this and don't get me wrong, that that doesn't mean that I'm like only ever doing three lines yeah, at yeah. a time. Like there's times when I know I have time that I will read <coughs> um like rukus or or or, or yep. pages. Yep. Um but it's the the fact of that consistency has really helped me uh to stick to that habit and I think that that can be applied to to any sort of uh, thing and it's it's the and that's why I feel like we've been uh guided to pray five times a day. Yes. Right? It's not like it could have been like five times a week, right? <laughs> or it could have been once a month, yeah. you know? It could have been these things, but the reason why it's consistently on a daily basis, right? And it doesn't take long. It could have been a five-hour thing. It could have been a three-hour thing, right? Like there's 24 hours in a day. It could have been, but yeah. it doesn't actually take that long. And that's where I think that the teaching doesn't only just tell you to do it. It also embodies it yep. through the small consistencies on a daily basis. Absolutely. So I think coming to um, coming to we're coming to the end of the program. Of course, uh, we know the importance of uh, you know uh, well physical well well being, especially the Prophet's path, as we know, serves as a timeless and revered guidance, uh, as 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 a revered guide to a holistic and and a balanced lifestyle. Uh, it stands as the ultimate uh, example, and and his exemplary habits in you know eating, drinking, sleeping. Um, you know, telling us to sleep on the right, you know, that that amount of detail that we have from the Prophet, um, you know, how he used to smile, um, and, and various aspects of, of, of daily Hygiene life serve as an inspiration for those seeking physical well-being. I mean, the Prophet's, as you were mentioning, more moderation in food and drink, his regular practice of fasting, his, his, his emphasis on uh, maintaining a healthy sleeping schedule. And we, we knew that, we know that after Isha prayer, he wouldn't stay up for very long. Um, and you know, schedule showcase. Uh, you know, it showcases a life lived in harmony with na- nature. Uh, you know, his commitment to regular exercise, including including activities like walking and horse riding, and you know, it, it also uh, shows the importance of um, phys- physical fitness. And so, in every facet of life, um, we find that the that the Prophet peace be upon him demonstrated the ideal balance between self care and spiritual devotion. Uh, leaving a profound legacy of uh, physical wellness for all of us to emulate. Um, and this is something that we should, and as we were mentioning in the previous program, as, as parents, we are the example for our children. We are, you know, they they listen to more, they listen, they, they, they imitate more than they listen. That's, the, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, and therefore, you know, no matter how much you say something, unless they have an example in front of them, they won't be able to follow. I mean, they'll follow something, They'll, they'll pick things up and so it's totally up to you what sort of an example you want your you know you want to show your children what, what sort of people you want them to become um one it now it is a commandment of the holy prophet peace be upon him that uh, the spiritual progress of the soul uh f- that for the spiritual of the soul it is important to look for one's uh, spiritual health as uh, for one's physical health as well he said um and I was, as as I was mentioning before um that 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 the prophet never exhibited signs of physical laziness, or rather, he prayed for it as well. There's, there's actually a prayer against laziness, and yeah, um, uh, that as well. Maybe maybe we can pull it up before the end of the program. On the contrary, his entire life was marked by you know a, a ceaseless uh, um, vigor and trait. He persistently advocated with his followers. He taught the believers. It's from Sahih Muslim, uh, one of the most authentic authentic books of his traditions. 
the, a strong believer is better and is more beloved to Allah than a weak believer. And this hadith conveys uh, that the, the, the importance of physical strength and wellness, uh, the, the, the healthier you are, the better equipped you are to, as I was saying, to worship God and to also um, you know, fulfill the rights of creation. Um, and also we, we, we find that the Prophet, peace be upon him, you, you mentioned the cave of Hira. I, I've, I've, I've been there. It took me an hour or so to get there. And I was, but again, we have you said, proper steps made to go up. Yeah. Um, uh, and so this goes to show the you know, the time the you know, the type of life the Holy Prophet peace be upon him lived, where he would walk uh, at a brisk pace, yet embodying you know grace and dig- dig- dignity in every step, and not conveying an impression of laborious f- effort. Um, so today's society often struggles to incorporate physical exercise in their in their routines. However, we know from you know various studies and analysis done in various universities. One such was. At the University of Cambridge, it was discovered that exercising for only 11 minutes every day through even basic means such as brisk walking significantly lowers the risk of cardiovascular disease and cancer and early death. So I, th- I was saying at the beginning of the program, this 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 body that we have, this shell, we call mm. it, it's it's an amana from God. It's a trust from God that will be asked about how we lived our life. Yeah, kullukum ra'in is the is a hadith that we presented yeah. right at the beginning that every one of you is a she- shepherd, right? And you'll be asked about it. Um, so um, another example of the prophet uh, is is that he that that was emphasized by him was he said that teach your children swimming and teach your fighters archery, and 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 we see you know this whether um, within the lives of companions as well. So this is the life of balance. This is a life of contemplation. It's a life of 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 fulfilling the rights of God and His creation. It, it's just a perfect life. It's just. It's really upon us to to ponder over it and get out of our laziness to, you know, wake up and 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 do some some something about it. Definitely. And let's help. Let let's help our brothers. I think one of the things is that we're too we're sort of too independent as well. We don't want to be dependent on others, right? Yeah. We don't want to reach out for help. That's another yeah. thing. So um, you know, this this is this is also another thing. We're too scared to ask. You know. Um, the the other thing is is that like um, obviously not everybody has a mosque near them, but if you have a mosque near you, if you think about it, they didn't, didn't have cars. Yes. Uh, back then, like yeah. the there's that physical element of it that was, I'm sure, helping with people stay fit, right? If they go to the mosque uh, five times a day yep. for prayers, yep. then they're keeping themselves fit. Absolutely. Like that. Absolutely. So we're coming to the conclusion of the program. And uh, of course, our journey on, on Prophet's Path, we are reminded that the physical wellness is not a mere, merely personal pursuit, but a universal endeavor. It's a it's a worship, actually, I would say. It's a worship because anything mm. that's done for the sake of Allah is is, is worship. Uh, it's an invaluable asset that empowers us to fulfill our responsibility, enjoy a harmonious existence and lead and lead you know lives marked by strength, vigor and well-being. So may Allah didn't want to enable us to do that. Uh, and in this way, you know, physical uh, well- wellness becomes a means through which we can give our best to those who depend on us. Uh, with that, we, we, we have come to the end of the program. Um, and uh, brother, do, do you want to thank Yeah, producers, I want to thank the producers, um, Zohra Mubashir. Uh, and Imam Rahil oh, Ahmed. Thank you, thank you, thank you so uh, much. So thank you That's for, exactly why I, why yeah, I asked for you. To you eat. didn't want to thank yourself, no? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, please. But it was um, a wonderful discussion. Yeah, um, definitely. Forgive yeah, any uh, things that went wrong, um, you know, and appreciate all of the help and support that we've got from the tech team and the production team. Uh, it wouldn't be a show without them. Yeah. And um, we hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Yep. 
yes, so just to summarize, we spoke about um, the struggles that youth go through in the second hour. We spoke about physical wellness and the Prophet's path. And if you've just tuned in and you haven't heard, you can always go back and listen to the recorded version on, on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, of course, yep. yes. So Jazakumullah, thank you so much once again from me, Rahil Ahmed, and Brother Fahim Nasir. Uh, you may see us next week. Yes. Are the you week after. Okay. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.